Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode by episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Double O and decided it was time to duel. My name is Jeremy. I'm on multiple rules committees specifically to wipe out airbud clauses. I'm Tyler. So how would Rommel fit into this particular thing? Well, no, okay. Is he an airbud clause? No, because he's a human cosplaying as a ferret, so that's fine. For example, um, just because the rules don't say anything about hypothetical berserk systems means that we can use hypothetical. No, I'm writing rules against that preemptively. Don't we specifically see somebody in an earlier thing actually use the berserk system? The berserker system? I think that's because it's like an officially sanctioned it is in Gundam thing. I don't. We do, though. And now I'm wondering about that. <laughs> well, it, this is talking about something, something uh, kind of external aid. So we're talking about somebody modding. Yeah, so I, like, I, I get hired onto multiple rules committees specifically to prevent situations like this from happening. All right. <laughs> I'm Zach. Is Sarah an Airbud? Because she is not a human. I think she is an Airbud situation, but I also would have accounted for hypothetical AIs that develop self-awareness. But the thing <laughs> is... Are they allowed to play basketball? <laughs> um... <laughs> But Sarah can't... Yes, if she can acquire a physical body. Sarah can't click the uh, accept end user license agreement. She, she, oh no, Sarah can't validate CAPTCHAs. <laughs> we are watching episode 21 of Gundam Build Fighters today, Amid the Glittering Particles. Uh, and my voice is sexy because I was sick. That will not help me because all the characters in this episode are underaged. <laughs> Except for Cardo <laughs> Fellini and Rambaral. It might help me with that. I guess Rinko. Kadara. Yeah, She's I guess we have to establish she is not underage she just feels she feels like she feels too young for me. well she did participate in a regional and tr- she flirted with a 12 year old i think is the problem i think that's why she feels <laughs> underage yes to be fair he didn't take it that way but she was trying yes. let's be honest oh yeah i know i watched the episode we did an episode on it <laughs> uh this is your first episode of guns and build fighters you've picked an excellent place to start <laughs> I mean, it has our favorite characters. Isla Yurkiainen, or so, Ina Yurkiainen? No, no, Ina, no last name given. Reiji, <laughs> no last name given. <laughs> I think we hear his last name for the first time in this episode. Uh, uh, they've said I, it before. I believe, no, I think this might be the first time we actually hear it. No, Kingdom of Arian, they've said it multiple yeah, times. Yeah, but I think we hear his name this episode. I I, I believe that his name is the same as the kingdom, but like he- Well, yeah, because he's the crown prince. Like, uh, it, has, it is established, because I think beforehand he basically just said it. Like, I'm from this kingdom. Okay, this. I'll give you that. I, I just assumed that was his name. Because, so. I mean, you know, Queen Victoria's last name wasn't Britain. Of, of England, yes. <laughs> Gundam Build Fighters is the story of Sayori, a Blueoni boy. He was a quiet, shy boy who worked at a model shop and really liked building Gumpla models. Unfortunately, in this world, there are cool particles that let you bring your Gumpla models to life to fight each other. And he was terrible at it. And his dad won the world championship, so he really wanted to. No, he no, almost dad won. got second place, remember? The, yeah, winning. He was the first loser at one of the tournaments. Uh, he was the last loser, technically. That's how that works. He's <laughs> no, the, he's he's the, the ultimate loser. He's you the might first say. loser because he's the guy that has to stand on the podium and look up directly at the guy who's in first. Chronologically, he is the last loser. Nobody lost after him. <laughs> but anyway, then a genie Rodoni boy appeared who may be a secret prince from another world or a vampire or particles that are living <laughs> his name's reiji and he was like i can fight that gumpla for you and they became friends and they're like let's enter a world championship so they did and now they're in the top four unfortunately reiji then met Ina, a mysterious girl 
who it turns out was secretly Isla Yurkiainen, the Finnish champion who they had to face against. She wears weird cosplay, which is why they didn't recognize her. <laughs> she defeated Reiji's Italian mentor friend savagely <laughs> in a fight, and now Reiji has sworn revenge despite their earlier flirting. I mean, she was kind of a dick from his perspective. She and, didn't know that she went under a mind control berserk system developed for fighting plastic models. Uh, yes, developed by, for her. Developed by the Flana Institute and Nine Bathers, who is working for a fracking magnate who does have a name, but I don't remember it. I'm sorry. It's still every time you say that it makes me laugh. Uh, who has entered the tournament in order to win the grand prize for his grandson? Because his grandson wants a. The trophy. Which team does Heinz own? Because now I like the idea of just describing them as a team owned by a ketchup magnate. <laughs> Heinz? Yeah, Heinz owns one of the NFL teams. I know they have... Are they still... Do they still have Doesn't the Little Caesars Steelers? own the Detroit Tigers? They oh, might. The CEO, um, the original CEO of Little Caesars bought the Detroit Tigers because he had tried out for them and never gotten on the team, but I don't believe they own them anymore. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but I believe that is. I know the Broncos are owned by a conglomeration of people consisting of the Wally World guys and a Formula One driver. And Condoleezza Rice. And Condoleezza Rice. (laughs) That is a wild coalition of people. The number of shots of Condoleezza Rice in a box watching the Broncos this season was bizarre. (laughs) I mean, especially because the Broncos were terrible this season. What else is she going to do? Good point. There's also Majin Kawaguchi. He's, he's just a guy. He's a I lot. I don't think he really does anything in this episode. There's Ricardo Fellini, the previously mentioned Italian man, who is Reiji's mentor. There's Nils Nielsen, who is their friend now. He's from America. Also, Mao, who is their friend now. And China, who is Say's not girlfriend, who is in his class with him. They flirt. Yeah, they spend a lot of time all in a room together this episode. Uh-huh. And Ron Baral, you know, from Mobile Suit Gundam. Who he's is also kind of Reiji's mentor. He's also Say's mentor. He's he's a general purpose mentor. I don't feel like he really mentors Say all that much. Yeah, that's okay. Because Say's already way better than Robert Raw building Gumpla. And Reiji's already way better at fighting Gumpla than it. What is he doing here? I mean, he's more a coach. He's more a coach than Well, a he's kind of their coach slash first supporter. But, like, Say never really has felt like he has had or needed a mentor in this. Because Say is weirdly mature. Whereas Reiji definitely feels like he does need somebody mentoring him in a whole bunch of other and a whole bunch of this stuff, like learning how to fight gunpla, learning how to be a decent human being, learning how to not accidentally steal, <laughs> learning how learning how storefront sales work, learning about capitalism, which is going to be a big obstacle to his relationship. <laughs> is there anyone I forgot? No one I think is relevant to this episode. Also, the fracking magnate has a grandson. Uh. He does pop up, so there is the chairman of oh, yeah. Oh, also yeah. the chairman. PPSE oh. and his assistant, Baker Chan. Who hate Reiji for some reason, because they're afraid he'll reveal their secret. Even though Reiji doesn't know what it is. And Baker Chan doesn't know what it is. Uh, she's just getting paid to hate him, so good help is hard to find. You can watch along on Crunchyroll if you like, and plus one recommendation. This one is a lot of fun. We start with Reiji asking Aina what she's doing here. It's the same as the uh, after credit scene of the previous episode. But Nine Bathers immediately, um, actually, this is Isla Yurkiainen, totally different person. Get out of here, boy. Not Ina, no last name given. You must have the wrong person. I mean, from his perspective, it makes sense since he doesn't know that he's been talking to her. But Reiji responds with, I don't care what her name is, but I'm going to kick your ass. You fought with no honor. No honor. I'll never forgive you. <laughs> Which causes Isla to have a heroic BSOD. 
<laughs> as Reiji swears to defeat her on the royal house of Arian. On the honor and pride of the royal house of Arian. And this causes the uh, chairman to flip out over the fact that it is now confirmed that Reiji is who he thought he was. Now, still not entirely sure exactly who he is. Well, Adio von Reiji Asuna, obviously. Well, no, I mean, like, I meant who the... Uh, who the chairman is and his relationship and what he thinks Reiji knows about him. I now think this is some sort of uh, the en- the first Full Metal Alchemist ending where they're channeling particles from war in another dimension or something. That's my only explanation is that he's somehow exploiting an alternate dimension that Reiji is prince of. We get an opening sequence. It's very dramatic. There's katanas and computers and particles. And model kits and sad girls. <laughs> yes, a sad Isla's. And Dutch angles. What market do you want? <laughs> There's a lot of Majin Kawaguchi in this. I mean, he's the main rival. And sometimes the main character for no reason. <laughs> I also like this scene of them fighting Isla in space that never actually happens, I'm pretty sure. I, don't I mean, any a lot of things happen. Because basically the first thing that they showed was this big old brawl in space, like the uh, Royal Rumble was in space. Although the shot of the uh, the camp for amazing versus the build or the star build strike in a volcano would be rad. As yeah, hell. this looks. Ra- I want to see this fight, and I'm sad that it's probably I, not the fight that happens. Yeah, it's probably not going to take place on like what is what would it be like field okay. fifteen volcano. So re- really quick, does the final fight in terms of animation hold up to the first fight between Yuki and? I do not remember Seiji. Believe it or not, that is not one of the bits that sticks with me about Gundam Build Fighters the way this episode does say. That's fair. There is one thing that's absolutely delightful about it, so you have at least that. (laughs) So they are back talking about how it really was her. Yeah, the friend group, again, Say, Chena, Nils, Reiji, and Mao, are talking about why Aina gave them a fake name. Because obviously she didn't want to be recognized, which is what Mao says, like, she fights in such a cruel way, maybe she didn't want us to know. That's really the only time she's actually done anything like that. Every other time she just kills people without anybody noticing. Yeah, and every, I say in particular is like, I only just met her, but she doesn't seem like the per- type of person who would <laughs> randomly destroy someone's hard-earned mobile suit. And we got a shot of one of my favorite shots of her and Reiji having the exact same expression so while good. eating. Gina agrees. And Nils is like, yeah, maybe that suit she is always cosplaying in for no reason has some sort of weird special system. That would at least be a reason. I mean, she's the only one that does cosplay in that. And maybe say, it's like the Berserker system. And Mao is like, um, no, we've all been watching too much anime. You'd be disqualified for violating the tournament rules that say that you can't use a hypothetical Berserker system if one existed. And Say is like, but there's no other possible reason for her to wear that outfit. And so Reiji responds with the reason doesn't matter. She sucks. I'm um, going to beat her up. We're going to beat her up and take her lunch money. Feelings? No, you have feelings. Don't accuse <laughs> me. I don't have feelings. I'm going to beat her up. I actually really like this scene from Reiji because this is basically the exact same way he reacted when Yuki withdrew earlier on in the season. Yep. There have been so many things you guys have said about certain people's characters that have made, like, oh, I like this consistency, and I always just think of this episode, one of them being like, out. We say Reiji always deals with his emotions by getting angry, which is what he does here. I mean, I can, it's not a healthy, mo- it's not healthy, but I do it too. I default to angry when I don't know what emotion I'm supposed to be feeling. <laughs> 
you need a Ricardo Fellini so that you can have a boxing match to work your aggressions well, I, out. I really like a lot of the things here from Reiji because it also kind of shows Reiji grow. Like, he is growing as a character. This is the exact same way he reacted when Yuki was like this, but he's still here talking to them. He's about to storm out. But, like, he is still here. He hasn't immediately cut off contact with any, with any of this group, despite the fact that we already kind of know he doesn't like Mao very much. <laughs> <laughs> no one does. We're not sure why Mao is here. So says, like, hey, Reiji, are you really okay with that? He's like, yeah, I don't care about her. She's the enemy. So we just got to wipe her out in the next battle. Yeah, so the really defensive, angry, like, that's exactly what we've seen Reiji do multiple times in the rest of the show. I do like this little shot where Say goes to like try to reach out to him again, and Sheena's like, "Yeah, oh, you just gotta let him cool," um, and reaches out and pulls Say back. Yeah, it's a very cute, nice thing. But again, they have so much nonverbal contact; it's actually really good. They're definitely on the same wavelength as people. Can we go on a completely non-serious segue for just a second? Because I just had a piece of fridge logic kick in. Where did Reiji get those sunglasses? Because it's kind of implied that he comes from some sort of like fantasy medieval kingdom. He's always had them. Well, yes, my question, where did he get them, though? What do you think he took before the bread? <laughs> There's just a sunglass rack out, and he was like, cool. Well, depending on what it is, it could be a Knights and Magic situation where they have technolo- they have certain levels of technology, but they're still a very feudalized society. Well, that's fair. I was also going to point out that we've never seen him wear them except once in the first episode. I mean, sunglasses on anime characters aren't for wearing, Tyler. <laughs> What is he, Quattro Bajina? No, uh, I was thinking he's a Kamina, who actually wears the sunglasses. But you can see his eyes. That's the thing. Most characters that wear sunglasses, you can't actually see their eyes through them. Because that they're is usually fair. used. Sunglasses are usually used as masks more than actual sunglasses. Yeah, like some sort of Quattro Bajina. <laughs> who is a Char. Notably. So Say's like, man, why did this have to happen? And Sheena's like, I bet Reiji is the one wondering that most of all, as Reiji storms out. Cut to. Team Nemesis truck. I'm pretty sure they borrowed this trailer from the Burst Angel people because they have a very similar base of operations RV. Where they have hooked up all of the diodes to Isla to figure out what's wrong with her after Nine turned up the weird Nemesis particles to maximum. Her brainwaves and pulse are both normal. Her, she's perfectly healthy. And, and so- he's like, so why did... Her, why did the suit drop off it so badly? And the other guy's like, well, probably psychological. She probably had a crush on that cute boy across the street, or across yep. the battlefield from her. And not. <laughs> to be fair, this scientist does not know that because he's like, eh, I don't know. She's just subconsciously refusing. But Nine is like, oh, man, she must have a crush on that redhead. So really quick, um, did this come out before or after Double O? After. Because I really want this scientist guy to be that one guy who is working on Soma. The one that who had like the cyborg eye for some reason. Oh, the guy did... that we, he had a name. The one that was on the Ptolemaeus and died. No, no, he was uh the the guy working for the faction that Sergey was part of. I forget the name of that. The faction. Human Reform League. Yes. Oh, so sorry, my brain. You said Soma, and my brain was like Setsuna. No, it's sorry. Like, there's absolutely no correlation there. But my brain decided that's who you were talking about. No, the uh, guy who was working on the Super Soldier program. It would have just been an absurdly specific callback. But I, this is so. Oh, it, you want some absurd callbacks? I have good news. <laughs> didn't you say that the this one was like it wasn't outright after Double O? Like it was right around the same time as the second half was coming out? No, it's a couple of years later. They were not allowed to use any mobile suits from the second half of Double O or later, for whatever reason. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's had a dynamis in it, but not... Not the Cherudium? Yeah. And we've seen the Exia and the Ptolemaeus. But we will not see the Double O. 
Anyway, Nine is like, boy troubles. Dang it. Teenagers. The Flada Institute's masterpiece, weakened by a little crush. <laughs> Which is a great line. <laughs> I mean, dude, you're the one that recruited a teenage girl. Like, teenagers are all about hormones. Of course, she's going to have a crush on somebody. Flashback to Isla running a hustling ring, you betting might, on gunpla you, battle. You, you know, you might want to be a little bit more uh, just thankful it's not on Fellini. <laughs> anyway, she's- It was a, uh, an act versus a like a customized gun cannon battle. Yep. She's won 47 times in a row. I'm guessing which gunpla is going to win. She is in her Oliver Twist cosplay, by the way. This is a flashback to then. And, and a wild Bathers nine is... Bathers appears. And he's like, how do you keep doing that, little girl? And he, she's like, I have wave powers. I can see the particles. And Nine is like, oh man, the Flannery Institute was built for a mysterious wave. We need to recruit you. That does raise my personal question of like, how common is this at this point? I mean, she's basically a new type, I think. Well, yes. Although I kind of like this idea because like, she's like a Chinese mutant in the way that like, because so many people are born in China... A lot of them are born with weird genetic defects that are, like, not superpowers, but are the closest thing real life has to them. <laughs> just by sheer odds, uh, like just by sheer number of chances. Yeah. Well, the other thing, the thing that I was thinking of, because, like, clearly she's not, like, she's, like, 10, and, the, and these particles have been around for, have they established how long they've been around? Because Gunpla Battle's on their 7th. And yeah. I assume a couple years before that. Yeah, they have not, but minimum 7 years. So is it, like, a radiation thing? I assume she just, like, has a weird vision quirk and she can see them. Because they are existent particles, right? That is a good point. And Nine Bathers like, ah, oh, this is a weird third talent. Even better than being good at fighting Gumpla or building Gumpla. <laughs> she what? can see exactly what everything is going to do. Before it does it. She has an 87.3% accuracy rate. And with science, we can raise it to 100%. I do like Nine just turns to this guy and he's like, make it 100. I'm like... Does the Flannan Institute specialize in anything that would make it like they build it? Also, how much money do they have for this? Yeah, that's Fracking magnate. <laughs> that's actually it's a good point. Not, they're still not, you know, print money levels of wealthy. Well, fracking magnate. <laughs> but we see I, evidently a few years later because she's clearly older than when she started and she's got her weird cosplay outfit on. Which is the in-body system, a system that will help visualize the particles for her. It's like a supernatural precognitive ability. It's like Minority Report, but with Gunpla. <laughs> and, you know, nobody can beat somebody who can see what's coming. And Nine is like, hmm, Mouse said that might be against the rules. And the scientist is like, no one will be able to tell it's anything but cosplay other than her, because they cannot see particles. No one will be able to tell. And Nine is like, amazing, we can cheat with this, because I'm clearly a bad guy. I mean, is it cheating? Question mark. Although, if it's explicitly against the rules to have this, then yes. We also but know that she's just a really good pilot on her own because she did beat Gwen without yeah. using the suit. Yeah, like she can see the particles without it. I assume it just helps. Yeah. Yeah, it takes her up from 87% to 100%. So Nine says we can't afford to lose. Does that mean he's got something in the contract that says he has to pay back the fracking magnate <laughs> if they lose? I assume the Flannery Institute just loses all of its funding. Cut to say in his hospital room, looking at an empty bed where Reiji isn't. Hotel room. No, his yep. hospital room. Hotel, hospital. Look, I'm sick. <laughs> He's recovering from his friend and walking so out. Reiji is hanging out in the park, presumably pretty close by to where he ran into. Angrily that one eating time. a corn dog. Yeah, <laughs> eating that hot dog that Setsuna had that one time. 
And he throws. There's only one hot dog in all of Gundam, and they just said to pass it around. He attempts. No, it's just it's one hot dog vendor. He just quantum leaps from Gundam series to Gundam series. Um, he tries to throw the wrapper away, but misses the trash can because he's so angry, and it just makes him more angry. So he kicks a tree. And Been Ric- there, and Ricardo Fellini unlitters for him. He's like, "Man, you must be in a bad mood." Anyway, I'm gonna oh, egg you man. on. I love Fellini in this scene. So Ray's is like, hey, sorry about your battle today. And he's like, yeah, so much for the Italian dandy, huh? Yeah, and Ray's is like, we'll avenge you so because you suck. That rotten gumpla fighter will. And, but Fellini's like, hey, it's none of your business. Or are you unable to fight without using me as an excuse? If and, you have to hate your opponent when you battle, then you should just quit now. Because gumpla battle is fun. <laughs> and he just eggs Ragey on to the f- point where Ray, like... Ragey well, Ragey goes, are you picking a fight? And for the first time, a character says, yeah. <laughs> you just now figured that out? You really, are, on. you really are a dumbass, Ragey. And then Ragey goes in and punches him. Cut away before it physical violence. To Isla refusing to do training. Yeah, to a flashback, which is denoted by the weird lines around, but it is a weird cut. To Isla wanting a sick day and being told no because she has a job. Man, I'm just doing stuff all the time. And as I was, was it you, Tyler, who pointed out that like whenever she's not actually dressing up to go out, she just has like the most casual, comfortable looking clothes. I on. think you pointed that out. I, I think, think it was I, me. I think it was me. I just okay. did it. But yeah, she's just in her sleepwear. She's she's got like her sweats and stuff on. She's like, I ain't doing nothing. And Nine's like, all right, if you want to go back to a life of poverty, go ahead and quit. But Isla's like, oh no, I need money. No, <laughs> capitalism. Also, apparently it's Dr. Nine Blathers. To her. Also, Blathers, the owl. So and- we see her running the uh, the Q-Belay stand. I think this is just a standard Q-Belay. It's painted a little differently. Using the new type weapon of choice, a Fun- bunch of funnels. Yeah, well, that's like what all the Q-Belay is, is funnels. And a cockpit. Nyla She's- complains that wearing the suit makes her head numb, and she hates it, as we have seen previously. She's always irritated when she's in it. And she's like, man, who cares about Gumpla Battle? It's just a bunch of dumb toys. Also, it's way too easy because I can see the future. And she's like, I just want a normal life with a cute redheaded. But then she sees a giant enemy Reiji glaring at her with all of his hatred. Well, first she like she sees him from the back like he's going to be the, uh, you know, the white knight type of situation. But when he turns around, he's got the angry I hate you glare on his face. I really like this whole scene as it transitions from like the flashback into dream into her waking up. Yeah, because it really does reinforce that idea that she does have a, a crush on Reiji. Also, the whole like Reiji being like a gunpla battle is fun. Yeah, and also like her worst nightmare being the look that Reiji gave her. Yep, in the real world. So she catapults awake on top of the medical table, where Nine Blathers just be creeping in the corner, just <laughs> predicting her dreams, being like. <laughs> but yeah, the the fact that her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he goes. This... Does it hurt? And she's like, Oh my god! Where, how long have you been there? Oh, man. Yeah, her expression is great. Like, why the fuck? And to be fair, why the fuck? Because the room is dark. Like, dude, what are you doing in here? And why do you have glowing glasses? It's just the lighting. He's like, if it hurts, close your eyes and cover your ears. If you close your eyes, you don't have to see his cute face. And if you cover your your ears, you don't have to hear his sexy voice. (laughs) This is, it's business. Results are everything. Forget your emotions. Don't be sentimental. This is what it means to work for a corporation. <laughs> All you have to do is win. Um, I mean, you're not inherently wrong, but at the same time, this is an emotionally unstable teenager. Good luck with that. Nine, have you heard of work-life balance? <laughs> no, clearly. 
Also, he's from Japan, so definitely not. <laughs> this is a Japanese show, Tyler. They don't know about this life balance thing. <laughs> so after that, we actually cut back to the park where Kilala is like bandaging up Fellini because clearly Fellini got the worst of this fight. And she she's in her like I day guess, clothes. Yeah, day clothes. Uh, and she's like, you do really get beat up by a kid. <laughs> and he's like, I had to. Words weren't going to reach him. I had to use shonen fighting sp- uh, magic because we're men. <laughs> and Kilala clearly uh, picked up on why he did this. He's like, plus, I had to remind myself not to fight out of hatred since I just lost and I'm still salty about that. I get the feeling because we, we pull out of that and Rambaral is here too. And I kind of <laughs> get the feeling that Rambaral also was looking for Reiji to kind of do the same thing. I assumed Rambaral was looking for Fellini. <laughs> I, I figured he was looking for Reiji and found Fellini and heard him and uh, Kilala talking about it and was like, okay, so Fellini already did what I was going to try and do. I, I, I and just, get Reiji's head screwed on straight. I'm just imagining a series of fights where uh, Rambaral fights Fellini and then Fellini's like, well, i got to pass this on to Reiji and then Reiji <laughs> passes it on to some random kid. <laughs> uh, cut to Reiji on a hill who is also a little beat up, and is like, man, what does Fellini expect me to do? What should I do? Where Isla, like, he, he says the what should I do over Isla, like, fetal position on the desk. And then we see Say looking very intently at his GP base, being like, man, what can I do to help Reiji and Isla? Oh, wait, I have this and magic genie yeah, crystal. Yeah, it's got uh, the yeah. weird gem that he's just been carrying around that he got from Reiji in the first that, episode. That happens to slot perfectly into his GP base for some reason. Yeah, you know, like a Yu-Gi-Oh. Another one of those questions is like, man, are they ever going to remember that Reiji has a magic crystal? And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> it's a nice callback because, like. Just close up on magic crystal as we don't get an eye catch. Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 21 of Gundam Build Fighters, the one in which Reiji and Ayla fight? Fight. Anyway, here's a word from this week's sponsor, Magic Genie Crystals. Magic Genie Crystals. They're small, they're portable, they're stylish, and in the presence of Shonen Energy, they'll light up your life. Literally. Magic Genie Crystals. Get one now from the kingdom of Arian. Use our code, it's a scam, at checkout for 25% off. Anyway, that's as much of a plug as I can muster this week. Thanks everyone for listening, and thanks to all the new people who have joined the Discord recently. I'm pleasantly surprised to see another influx of folks. So that's, I guess, another plug for, hey, join our Discord, we're a bunch of cool nerds talking about cool nerd stuff. Okay, anyway, let's go back to the episode and get some of the greatest meat bun chronicles the show has offered. Cut to the next day where the chairman is like, they're definitely going to lose this time, right? And she's like, of course. They're facing Isla Yuki Ainen, the undefeated legend. She defeated Yukob and Top. She's got all (laughs) sorts of glowy weapons. So we got Isla and Nine walking down the hallway, and a wild Trina appears and is like, hi, I'm such a big fan. Good luck. Here, take this magic gem necklace that I made. (laughs) Wild Trina used cute charm. And Isla uses, what the fuck do I use, do with this? And Nine is like, accept it. You must learn to be better at fan service. <laughs> so anyway, she takes it. It's important later. Yeah, and Nine gives her kind of a sidelong glass of, you know, you need to be better at managing fans, wear that thing, because she's your fan. She's also the only one that's been in this empty hallway to wait for us in the entire <laughs> tournament. So we see the old man, the old fracking magnate and his grandson watching from their box. Alan and 
Majin Kawaguchi watching from TV, and Kalala and Ricardo Fellini are on the entrance uh, to make sure that no wrestlers come in to interrupt this match. <laughs> They're watching from the uh, the the, the wrestling way. entrance. Yeah, they got to be careful of nobody bringing in another gunplow with a steel chair. What is Reiji's walk-up music? I was about to ask the exact same <laughs> question. Hmm. What would Reiji's walk-up music be? Something real dumb. I feel like Walking on Sunshine um, it wouldn't be bad. Uh, for some reason, the Alexander the Great song by um, Iron Maiden is what's coming <laughs> to my mind. He cut the Gordian knot. <laughs> Alexander the Great. I don't know why. Oh, uh, that really would be hilarious. Him. That's the sort of schlock I want, for sure. Nils and, asked Mal if Reiji's all right, but Mal was like, he's pretty tough. You fought him, so you know, right? And uh, I, I I couldn't help but think, you know, I yes, the, he's good at this, but he's not really mentally all that tough. That's what he has he's to really say for. He's really easy to rattle. That's why he has Say as his support move. And uh, Say and them see, I think Say notices that she's wearing it, because... Although it is Say's plan, as it, it is, turns out. It is indeed Say's plan. You know, well, we he, see China gives him the signal of fan service successful. <laughs> and he's happy. And so Reiji is like, hey, um, I don't have an answer. Please give me advice. Well, he's like, I've decided not to think because I couldn't figure anything out. I'm just going to fight her. You don't mind, right? And say is like, do you ever think? Like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, so I, I turned or I took that to be like, man, I'm fried. Please do all the tactics for me. <laughs> it does kind of so, have that vibe. I mean, that's normal. So they are facing off in field three forest. Yeah. So they launch into the forest. It's there's a butterfly with the uh, turn of Gundam's wings. It's a reference because uh, they're fighting the butterfly Gundam. <laughs> so Reiji is me like, hey, Ida, or I guess Isla. Eh, whatever. And Nina's like, finish him. And Reggie's like, you can't. I'm not out of health yet. He goes to the gun, which, as we already know, does nothing. Why does it even have a gun, really? So Isla releases her invisible funnels. So says like, Reggie, the Vulcans. I mean, I like the idea with the paint coming on and, and letting you be able to see them. But at the same time, isn't minor point defense against small things like this exactly what the Vulcans are supposed to be for? Yeah, but if you can't see them, then you can't. I mean, I thought the Vulcans were designed for two things. Shooting down enemy missiles and war crimes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes enemy helicopters. Although, like, they know that she has these invisible funnels. This is a good countermeasure. I just want to imagine, say crafting individual ammunition for his tiny, Vulcans right? and filling them with paint. I I know I'm not supposed to think about that, yeah. but I just want to imagine stay up all night crafting tiny little yeah. bullets and putting paint. Because <laughs> the, these are like, what, 1 to 144? And then so you take a bullet, which is already really small, and you're going 1 to 144, and it's got to be like absolutely minuscule. This is why Ramba Rawl is so surprised. Look at the look of shock on his face. In fact, all the people in the audience, except for Rinko, who doesn't understand, <laughs> are shocked by this. Even Nils is like, why would you do that? I do like a lot of the shots of the build, star build strike. Cause like there's a shot here where he's got the one gun pointed, the like the handgun is pointed off to one direction. One of the hip guns is pointed forward and the other one is pointed behind him. It's really cool. As he shoots down all the funnels. Uh, so Isla just decides to stab him with her giant lance. And Nine is like, you all finished. Unfortunately, Isla imagines stabbing her cute boyfriend and pulls her punch at the last moment, and her in-body numbers start, start dropping. So nine is just like, all right, I'm going to turn it up again. Let's go back up to 11. Do you want to become a street urchin? You look terrible, that Oliver Twist outfit. So anyway, he turns out the in-body system to Max again. And saying uh, Reiji notice that it's the same thing as she did against Fellini, 
there's a really cool shot of Reiji drawing the beam saber to try to slash her, but instead of jumping over it, she just like Final Fantasy boss floats over it. Although it looks like she loses something. That might just no, be the effect. No, it's, it's the effect of the... Okay. So Say's like, hey, try firing your gun straight up. That's how Amuro Ray won Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does not work. She starts shooting at them with a beam. Yeah. A, a hand beam. Yes, Kibale um, has that. Yeah, you have a shield that'll absorb those. I you mean, remember that exists. I know it keeps getting destroyed and it's basically been useless the entire tournament, but it does still exist. Yeah, but he's got to dodge. So anyway, she spears the gun and cuts off the rail guns. Rage is kind of getting his ass kicked. Loses the shield again. It is the only thing that saves him from that strike. Then she goes in for the killing blow. But Reiji catches it. We see it stop first, and then we get the reveal that Hikira Yamato caught it. I really like this shot. It's, it's really so good. silly, but it's great. Yeah, of him struggling to stop her from stabbing him. And Nine is just like, kick him! <laughs> and Nine is like, oh yeah. Kubele feet. Kubele foot. Yeah, <laughs> so she drops it and then just punts him in the face, but loses the lance. So Reiji tries to punch her back. Unfortunately, she is too graceful to be punched. And also can see the future. And uh, they're not using their RG mode yet. So Nine yells at Isla to finish him, but uh, she's like, no, I don't want to. But then she breaks down of his arms anyway. Is it really a fight if the Starbuild Strike hasn't lost at least one arm? <laughs> not really. So uh, after punching off the arm, she launches all the other, fu- the visible funnels. Which, of course, surround them and says like, well, we're pretty screwed. And Reggie's like, ah. Uh. Shonen. And that uh, causes the genie gem. And Isla turns gem. on the genie gem. And Reggie's like, hey, my genie gem is glowing. <laughs> Someone it, is asking for help. Wait a minute. Didn't I only get, didn't I get my genie gem to say? And anyway, it turns out this light is visible to everyone, and the entire goddamn arena is glowing gold. And Nils is like, oh, it's the Pulaski particles. They're increasing for well, some reason. Well, it's not just that, because also the uh, the director also has a genie gem that is glowing. Yep. I also love Baker just being like, Chairman, something is glowing. And he's like, why is my genie gem glowing? And it's Arista? So, uh, anyway, I think that's Ra- I think that's actual Ra- Ray's actual name. So Alan is like, what is going on? And Meijin Kawaguchi, the biggest nerd in the universe, is like, could it be the light of the heart? <laughs> so good. I did watch Charge Counterattack again last night. Uh, I love this guy. Do you think he starts guy. back from the original Gundam and then just goes through all the Gundams <laughs> on like a regular basis? Possibly. So we uh, we, we encounter we- Reiji and Isla in the other world where Say went with uh, the other guys. But fortunately for these two, they're still wearing clothes. You mean Setsuna? Who did I say? Say. say. I, Setsu I knows say, who I meant. Yes, you're right. I figured they're, out, they're in the Saji and Luis's date space. Yeah, I was going to say, I figured out what Reiji's secret identity is. He's the Quant Gundam. <laughs> Reiji sees Isla on the ground be like, oh man, my head hurts so bad. I don't want to fight anymore. And Reiji's like, oh wait, you weren't doing it willingly? That's oh, man. dumb. Why wouldn't you? Do- you could just quit. <laughs> yeah, just quit. <laughs> She's like, I can't. It's my job. And she's like, I don't have any family or relatives. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, well, just I'm sure Rinko would love to have a daughter. She'd she's probably like, adopt you. She's like, I don't want to go back to the streets. And Rachel's like, just be a murder hobo. That's what I do. Yeah, you can I'm live just a any D&D place character. you want. I mean, you can just uh, crash wherever you decide to f- hang out. Yeah, I- I'm a D&D character and I'm fine. Hey, why didn't you come to Say's <laughs> house? It'll be fine. I'm staying there, too. It'll be great. They won't mind another person. I know this lady. She I cooks mean, really good. I think her name is Seismum. I do legitimately think Rinko would be all for this idea. Like, she wouldn't be like, yes, because obviously Say is uh, China's boyfriend. But she would definitely be like, oh, yes, this adopted child that I have accepted in Reiji. Yes, I will take in your your girlfriend. <laughs> 
I think should just be glad to have someone hanging around the house who is not obsessed with gunpla. So Ina's like, hey, are you serious? And Reiji is like, yeah, as Tyler pointed out, I'm always serious. <laughs> and Isla's like, oh, yeah, you actually are. Like, you're not wrong. Yeah, then, then she has a flashback to all of her interactions with Reiji. And Starting with the way they were fighting over the meat bun. She's like, yeah, you are always serious. Seriously stupid. Baka. <laughs> anyway, her smile is so bright, her na- eyes now pierce her mask. <laughs> but then they drop out of the space. And then all the funnels drop. And the star-built strike isn't murdered. And, uh... Nine is like, oh crap, what's going on? I don't have any control. The embodied number is zero. And I love Reiji's expression. She's like, why hide your identity? Why were you worried in the first place? Like, this doesn't make any sense. She's like, I've never had a crush on a cute redhead before. Plus, you love playing Gumpel Battle. And if you ever came up against me, you'd lose. And then we couldn't <laughs> keep flirting and stuff. <laughs> and Reiji's like, are you kidding? I'm going to win. <laughs> Man, this is just one. This is just a walking, talking beacon of self confidence, isn't it? Yep. So Isla throws off her helmet. Is like, hey, who are you calling a fool? And I'm her hair immediately you comes now. unbound. <laughs> then she gets the best punch in, and they just start rock 'em sock 'em roboting. <laughs> <laughs> I love her like little like after Ragey punches her, the cubile papillion yeah. just starts like bouncing back and forth. It's fool, great. Your punch is weak. <laughs> and the reaction of the audience is just actual complete heroic besod all the way down the line. Yeah, everybody just has no pupils in their eyes. As these two are flirt fighting and Kilala and Fellini, and this is where Fellini is. Fellini has like, the best line in all of fiction. I tell them to enjoy the battle, not flirt his way through it. Don't look at me. So and say is like, um, I don't know what I I don't know exactly what happened, but I think this has to do with the gem. Ray, she's like, hey, Isla, I thought you wanted to quit. And she's like, not until I smash you to pieces and you're dumb smirk. And then Nine comes into the cockpit, <laughs> like, stop it. And then she just, like, shoves him out. Like, just fuck off. <laughs> and the fracking magnate is like... And his grandson. And she's like, kid, if you want to win Gumpo Battle, play it yourself. And he's just like, uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I didn't even want this. My grandpa just wanted to give me a trophy. And then she's like, okay, let's do this. I'll show you how strong I am when I battle in earnest. Witness me! <laughs> Shiny and butterfly. I'm sorry, butterfly and chrome is way better. Anyway, they burst out of the forest into field four and a half. Field. <laughs> <laughs> I love Say's expression. He's on the monitor and Say is like, I am so confused as to what's going on right now. Rage is like, use the RG system. And he's like, yeah, sure. You know that doesn't have like pelvic thrusting motion. I'm a very <laughs> shy boy. So the, the build strike with one arm, goes in for a super shining build knuckle. And Isla's like, dude, I can read the future. This is fine. <laughs> this is useless. You'll never hit me. Oh, crap. I can't dodge it. Oh, wait. All the, f- the future says I get hit. That's not good. <laughs> I don't know how she can dodge it. She had plenty of lead time. But anyway, psychic gut punch causes the field of flowers to explode. And Isla's like, well, it goes, damn. It, it bisects the gun, uh, the cubelet papillion. And everyone is excited this battle is over. They're not sure what happened, but they're very they're sure it was very exciting. Did you see that punch and how the flowers went all over? And Isla's like, that was actually a lot more fun than I expected. I'm not special after all. I lost, just like I always wanted. <laughs> Although I can still see this very specific particle. So. And just like how everybody else has gone up against Reiji so far, except for Fellini. Fellini is so far, as far as most of these people are know, is the only person who's ever actually not lost to Reiji in a straight fight. Uh, uh, also, Majin Kwakuchi. 
Or I'm sorry, Tatsuki Yuki. We, yeah, we have no idea. Most of these people, they most of these people weren't around the the yeah, area. Yeah, they didn't when... watch their secret grudge match. Yeah, I guess it was just Alan Rambaral and Ricardo Fellini. That's the end of the episode. But wait, there is more. They give us a shot of Say's um, what's it called? The GP base. GP base, and it is missing the crystal, as if we needed a reinforcement that that is where it came from. And says like, "Hey, thanks for helping me, China." And she's like, "Hey, I didn't do anything." Say is like, I didn't know if it would work or not, but I thought it was worth a try, and clearly it did. <laughs> and I just hoped it would work out, and we see the two of them chugging soda together, looking very cute. And then they both finish their drink at the same time. And Rachel's like, <laughs> we won! And she's like, yeah, okay, this time. I lost this time. Anyway, were you serious about, th- you'll keep your promise, right? And, and Rachel's like, Rage is like, yeah, sure. Rachel's like, what promise? And she's like, that I could go live at Say's house if I didn't have anywhere else. <laughs> and Say and Gina are both like, wait, what? <laughs> and Say- Rachel's like, oh, yeah, obviously. And Say's like, what are you doing? You cannot just promise my room. I cannot have her sleep in my room like you. And <laughs> Rachel's like, it's fine, right? And Say is like, um, what? And then Isla just thanks Say. Using his first name. And then Chena's like, getting familiar already, huh? <laughs> I do also like that. I, I forgot to comment on this. So I was like, I guess I'm not special after all. I'm like, you can ninja parkour through a goddamn mall. <laughs> I think you might have some talents. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are a considerably special person, uh, despite the fact that you lost in this children's game. Anyway, and the ad episode ended with Mao yelling for Misaki and Ray telling him to shut up. Just like we all did. And that's the end of the episode. This episode was so much fun. Yeah, what do you guys think about the best episode again, the Bill Fighters? <laughs> oh, man, it's pretty I, damn good. I love this episode so much. Isla telling off the fracking magnate, pushing Nine Bathers away. Yes, it had a little bit of the Gundam bullshit in there, but it's Gundam bullshit, so I, I'm fully on board with that. I love the fact that there is Gundam bullshit in this, a show about fighting plastic models. <laughs> yeah, that there is a Flata Institute with nine bathers building new type suits for this new type of girl to win at Gundam toy battles. <laughs> it works so much better than the Build Divers sci-fi BS of, but if there was AI, though. I mean, that could work if they'd actually dedicated time to it they wanted to make it the central focus of their show. Here, it's just another thing that happens to exist in this world is there's this weird place that is building this new type suit. It's not the focus. The focus is still on the relationships of the characters with each other. So what do you think about Embody in hindsight? Because last episode, you were pretty down on the way it just got suddenly re- introduced out of nowhere. I still think it's very dumb. <laughs> I think it's still... We could have used a little bit more, but that's... I think mostly I wish... I want more about the Embody system because I want more Isla. Honestly, I think Isla is my favorite character in this particular series because of just, like, she is so, you know, hot and cold. So, like, when she's on her own, she's just so much like a normal person, fun-loving, get, getting a lot of food, and her and Reiji being together is absolutely adorable. I think she actually benefits from the fact that she's not on screen as much as Reiji also. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Oh, man, there were so many to choose from. What is my favorite part of this episode? Um, I think it's going to be Reiji's casual offer to let Isla <laughs> just live with Say's mom. <laughs> it is pretty great. Zach? There are a lot of really good ones, and I know of a couple I want to say, but I think I have to give the high point to when she is, like, she rips off the, the dramatic helmet rip off and, you know, shoving... Nine bathers like, you know, fuck off. And you, if you want a trophy, win it yourself. God damn it. What's your high point, Jeremy? 
I told him to f- have fun with the battle, not flirt his way through it. <laughs> we we did all do high points in the second half of the episode, but I do want to call out, I still really like that flashback to Dream to Isla waking up from a nightmare transition. Uh, to like, Nine Bathers just being behind her and her being like, dude, what the fuck? There's so, well, there's so much in there. Cause like the, One of the other ones I was thinking of is when Fellini shows up and is like talking shit and getting ready to fight him basically to try and get his head screwed on straight. It's like... That's a really good character moment. When Reggie storms out in the same way he did before when Yuki forfeit. Yeah. Like, those are both really, really good moments. Um, I was going to say also Shadow Ramba Rawl being like, I'm sure glad I didn't have to fight a teenager. Is there a low point, Tyler? I'm sure there is. I guess if there has to be a low point, it is. And this is only kind of a low point because I still do really like Nine's line is while they're doing the medical checkup on her. Like, that's just kind of a boring scene. But I do also like Nine being like, God damn it, she's got a crush on a redhead. <laughs> Zach, I think my low point is going to be a little bit on the more meta side of things. I kind of wish this episode was actually divided. I wish this episode actually was this episode and next episode because then you get you can focus more on the on them like coming to grips with this in the first part because that's what the bulk of the episode is. Is not the fight. And then the next episode, go whole hog and basically animate the ever-living shit out of it and make it more of a fight like going into it because it kind of, the fight starts, there's a couple of really cool shots and really cool moments and then they just drop it. Yeah, I, I think the problem- And it's just over right away. We got more fight and more action out of the Nils fight than we did here. And that's kind of what I wish they would have done is give it more of a, like give this fight, because this is- you know, this is also another big rival fight. Like, this is the second biggest rival fight after Yuki, who's clearly going to be the, you know, he's, he's the top end because he's got to be the other guy they fight in the championship, right? Or, sorry, Majin Kawaguchi. My bad. Yeah, who's this Yuki? Here. So I wish that's what they would have done. So I think that's what I'm going to give my low point to is they didn't actually do enough on the fight side of things to really make it feel as epic as I wanted, which is really, really splitting hairs, I think. But still. I think part of the problem with that is, like, Isla has already been established to be a phenomenal pilot even without. Like, I'm kind of disappointed in the way it ended. It's like, oh, no, I can't predict the future because plot. And th- that that is actually my low point, I think, is she got beat by plot as opposed to actually Reiji being a good pilot. What's your low point, Jeremy, if you can think of one? Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your MVP, Tyler? Uh, It's obviously Isla. Obviously Isla. Zach? Isla. I mean, I want it to be unanimous, but I'm going to give it to Say for his great plan to make <laughs> Isla do a genie wish and that to bring Say or to bring Reiji and Isla back together. I mean, I had to give it to Isla because Isla made me laugh on more than one occasion. Well, and she was also, I think, just the focal point of the episode. So, well, like Jeremy said, every the loser is the focal point of all these episodes, right? Yeah, and that's the other great thing is like. These episodes are like Isla is basically just the monster of the week this week, and it's still a great episode. That's well, kind of why, I, like I said, I wanted them. I wish they would have split it, especially because what Jeremy has kind of teased us with for what's next week kind of reinforces that idea. So, major not major action. Too hot for YouTube. Anything else we want to say about this episode? It's genuinely tremendous. It is my favorite episode of Gundam Build Fighters. It is the reason I wanted to cover this series. It's really good. Isla, despite not getting my MVP, is an incredible character. When and we're she, scraping... Luckily, she doesn't go away. She gets absorbed into the friend group like everybody else. <laughs> when we're scraping the bottom of the barrel so hard to find low points, you know the episode is either really mediocre or really good. And you can tell... From our high the, point? The difference by, by us not being like, I don't know if there's a high point of when we're like, 
I don't know which high point to choose. Yeah. Nobody even mentioned that time that Majin Kawaguchi was like, is this the light of the heart? <laughs> what a nerd that guy is. <laughs> what a colossal nerd. I'm almost sad that Alan didn't get a reaction shot to that. <laughs> I mean, he's just used to it by now. This is like the fifth time he's nerded out like this. Yeah, I guess I do hang out in that hotel room all the time, so. Hey, you know what's not on our list? Any Cubalese. So let's fix that, starting with the Cubalese Papalion, right? <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the of the Cubalay and its descendants, which prior to this thing I think was only the Kshatriya. I'm not a big fan of the big wings. I like the Kshatriya a lot, but that's not on our list either. The only reason like Queen Mantha. The only reason why I thought of it was because of the fact that I recently played Super Robot Wars V, and it is in there. So this is completely random. But are we ever going to have an excuse to put the Sasabi on the list so I can put it in the top ten? You like the Sasabi that much? I love the Sasabi. Really? I kind of could take or leave the Sasabi. I do like it more than the Justice Gundam, but I am perplexed that the Justice Gundam is in our top ten. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll watch Char's counterattack again. Uh, look, I don't need a lot of excuses for that. You remember that part where Amuro Ray says, hey, teenager, drive this car. And he <laughs> jumps from a, dr- a moving car onto Char's horse so he can punch him off of it. And that's like the fifth best part of that movie. Remember the tripwire triggered rocket launchers yeah, in the, the an asteroid? Amuro keeps trying. <laughs> it's so good. That movie's great. You know what's in that movie? The light of the human heart. <laughs> so the Cubalay Papillion, where do we want to start? actually start with this thing? I um, feel like it has to be another build series mobile suit. How do we think it pairs to the Jim Sniper K9? That was the evil that was the uh, the Argentinians, right? Yes. I'm very partial to the like more standardized uh, canine, but I don't know if I like it more. I like the Cubelay Papillion's lance. The lance is good. I like the I like the stupid glowing fins when the embody activates. I like the color scheme. The thing is though, Orange I and teal. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a sucker I'm a for clashing of, colors. I'm not, I'm not a big um, fan of that. I do. The other thing though is like I'm also a big fan of like. Uh, absurdly practical mechs and i like the gym sniper for being absurdly practical i think i have to give it to the gym sniper actually because also i'm, I'm on board with zach i'm just not a huge fan of the cubali well, in general yeah I'm, I'm very torn but i think i might fall on the same side of the of the gym sniper i found it descended of the cubali although it's a little bit of a weird one how do we think it compares to the providence gundam oh interesting I think I prefer it to the providence because the thing about the providence and the legend both kind of have this issue. The the backpack they have, you know, the big starfish on the back of them, feels so out of place. It feels like it's a, 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 just a terrible, terrible accessory to it. Whereas at least this Cubelay all feels coherent. Like it feels like one, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to do. Whereas that one is just like, we took a good design and we fucked it up. And we put a starfish on it. Interesting, because the Cubalee to me has always like felt like out of place in Gundam. It like does, It feels like yeah. it should be in a different mecha anime. I, mean, I it agree with that. I, I would agree. It feels like it's out of place, but at the same time, so does the Providence. And also the Cubalee's giant ass shoulder wing things are for storing all those funnels. So it makes sense. I like the Providence better, personally. I think I also like the Providence better. Oh, I was not expecting that. So, <laughs> uh, like well, I just I, said, I'm the, the, the Cubalee just Providence like feels out of place. But if we then go down to the legend, which makes sense, I do like it more than the legend. I do agree with that. Well, I liked it more than the Providence, so. And the Providence are just better legend, so. Wasn't the legend the second one? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I do think the Providence is better than the legend, and our list reflects that. How do we think it compares to the Gundam X Mao? Huh. I don't hate the Gundam X Mao. 
Um, I actually kind of like the Gundam X Mao. It's I think I prefer the Cubelay because I'm a I'm kind of a sucker for a lance. The lance is pretty good. I'm also a sucker for funnels. Although giant solar slash moon powered beam laser is pretty good. Um, I think I'm going to have to agree with Zach and give it to the Cubelay. Uh, how about the build strike then? Just the regular build strike? Yeah. I think I prefer the Cubelay Papillion. I'm not a huge fan of the build strike. I really don't have a strong opinion. What, what's your feeling, Jeremy? Like, slightly towards the Papillion, but I'm not sure why. It's more interesting, I think, than just the regular-ass build strike. So, I mean, basically, the build, the standard build strike is just the strike. Yeah. I don't like it as much as the Sengoku Astray. That's uh, Nils's. Yes. That's the Weeb Gundam. <laughs> it is extremely Weeb. I do like Katanas. Katanas are cool. I'm not actually a big fan of the Sengoku Astray. If I'm honest, it's a little too over the top for me. Yeah, and I think that's what we were talking about when we ranked it, is that it's kind of over-designed. Uh, the Cubelay, on the other hand, is the goddamn Cubelay, so I think I will have to give it to the Sengoku Astray. I think I'd have to give it to the Cubelay. All right, final question. Is it better Wait, or worse? Oh. What, what What did you vote? I, I said I didn't. I said I don't like it as much as the Sengoku Astray. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, so it's going below the Sengoku Astray. Final question. Better or worse than the Heavy Arms Gundam? Worse, because Heavy Arms. Better, because Heavy Arms. <sighs> huh. Heavy Arms to me has a has a visual simplicity that I really really like, and I'm also a big sucker for a Gatling gun. Yeah, on a, the Cubelay is just too vaguely alien. I'm gonna give it to the Heavy Arms. All right, the Cubelay Papellion goes at number fifty seven above the Build Strike and below the Heavy Arms, which not a bad showing overall, especially for a mobile suit that we all kind of not are a pretty man on. Yeah, and that will do it for this episode. Anything else we want to say on it? It's good. It was good. I'm, it's a I'm lot of fun. Terrified of the next one, given how much you've been anti-hyping it. Look, I think I've, I've done it too much because there is some excellent Rinko and Isla interaction. There's some good Reiji and Isla interaction. But the primary, the A plot of that episode, I, honestly, the A plot of that episode just from the preview sounds kind of bland. So we will be back for Majin versus Majin. Podcast ended.